Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rainbow Road. I am your host, Travis Ryans. It has been a while, and unfortunately, as we come back for another season, I am not joined by Mike. Mike will not be joining us for this season of Rainbow Road. It is just me and good old Dr. Hakeem. Hello, it's me, Dr. Hakeem! I'm so sorry. I'm just so sorry. (laughs) Are you ready to get started on this episode of Rainbow Road? It's gonna be hot, hot, hot! (laughs) I I hate that you're actually kind of good at it. That makes it worse, frankly. Mike, how you doing, buddy? There is no Mike. There is only Dr. Hakeem, except for our lovely special guest... (laughs) Lawrence! <laughs> yes, writer and comedian and host of the Gay for Play podcast, it is Lawrence Turner Cordova. Hello. Lawrence, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm scared that this um, this specter has joined <laughs> has, has joined the conversation. I'm no specter. I'm the book of love. Oh my God. Every listener has turned off. <laughs> yeah, at this point. <laughs> Lawrence, I am so excited that you were on the podcast. We have been trying to make this happen for such a long time, but we have been off the air and it just doesn't work. But it takes two podcasts and I'm so excited you're here. Yeah, you know, sometimes you want to do a podcast and then your bodies get turned into uh, messed up little clay dolls and uh, you can't record for months. So <laughs> it is what it is. But I'm so happy to finally be here. Yay! The crossover event of the century. Move over, Marvel. <laughs> and because it takes two guests, that is Matilda. You are hearing our producer extraordinaire coming out from behind the producer booth. Thank you so much for joining us. Is, is Dr. Hakeem officially gone? Is it safe to come out? The Book of Love will always be with you. Oh, damn. I thought we had killed him with fire. <laughs> <laughs> when Cutie died, all I could think was, this should have been Dr. Hakeem. <laughs> when Cutie the elephant died? Yes. Hot take of the day. <laughs> I don't think we can trade one soul for another. I don't really know that that's the game they were going for. <laughs> But what they did make was It Takes Two. That's what we are talking about today. It Takes Two is a 2021 game developed by Hazelight Studios and published by Electronic Arts. This game came out at an interesting time for the company, as couch co-op games are becoming something of a rarity in the industry, especially from AAA developers, and the previous game made by this studio, A Way Out, was met with great disappointment. Still, they pressed on with their dedication to this kind of experience and went on to massive success with It Takes Two, winning tons of awards including Best Family Game, Best Multiplayer Game, and even Game of the Year at the 2021 Game Awards. So that's what we're here to talk about today. It is something that has been really talked about in the games industry uh, because it kind of came out of nowhere for some people and it became really great for couples to stream or for partners to stream. What is your experience with Couch Co-op? Starting with Mike, not Dr. Hakeem. Uh, what other games have you played with this setup? Oh, hey, Travis. Did you guys catch that that book on the way out? That was that guy's weird. <laughs> yeah, yes. bad vibes. Yes, he was. Damn that right. guy's, that's a, w- a weird book. Uh, my experience with Couch Co-op games is... I, I actually love them. I've, I've always loved Couch Co-op games, even from, I think, like the earliest days of like playing Worms. Like, just the kind of... I, I don't know. I think there's just something about like hanging out it becomes like a social experience i i like that the indie game space is also kind of like making it happen like more so than it used to be i guess has there there been like a big like call out for that like i don't know uh i've definitely been seeing a lot more indie studios coming out with this kind of experience which has been really heartwarming to see uh lawrence what about you what's your experience with couch co-op games like what ones have you loved what have you played before yeah it was 
tough. I was trying to, like, because there hasn't been, like, many couch co-op games in the last how many years, I was picking my brain and really struggling to think of any. I mean, I don't know if they count, but obviously I think of stuff like Mario Party, Wind Waker uh, with the little, like, uh, GBA plug-in. Wait, Wind Waker? Uh, I, I'm thinking of, like, do you remember how the original Wind Waker, you could, like, plug in your Game Boy Advance and you could have a second person, like, play as, like, a little tingle cursor and like help you through the world. I had no idea. I'm oh jumping. yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I remember that. A lot of like speedrunners use it to like throw bombs at Link and like make him like clip through levels and stuff like that. <laughs> but the reason those things come to mind is because I did play a lot of like co-op games with my younger sister growing up. Um, it was just the two of us as sibs. And so we would always just entertain ourselves with video games. And I was always like more of the gamer TM. So like um, it was kind of like me kind of, leading the experiences but um she was the designated luigi yeah for that <laughs> um but um fun and i don't want to jump ahead of ourselves too much but um my sister and i are living together again so she is who i played this game with Reunited, so it was kind of a fun and it feels so good <laughs> yeah truly um it was a little weird to cosplay as a um, couple that's getting divorced but um, <laughs> but uh, still a lot of fun, nonetheless. I think we got the intended experience of playing this game because we were actually breaking up, like, as we were playing this game. I mean, we this was after we had broken up, though. I guess you that's true. It, it was, like, within a year? Yeah, it was definitely was fresh saying? out of our relationship, and I tried to play it with literally anyone else I could. I kept getting the first hour of the game <laughs> in with, like, six different people. Uh, definitely a very poly experience. Uh, but as I was trying to do this, even with, I had my closest friend, I had been trying to get her to play it. She came over one day, and I don't want to get into details, but basically her parents decided they are getting into a very messy divorce. And when I said, oh, I'm so sorry, do you want to do something like play a video game to get your mind off it? She said, oh, yeah, what about that one you've been recommending? I'm like, oh, okay, it's about this super messy divorce that this couple is going through. <laughs> Damn. And like, this is not a game I want to show to anyone who is in any way dealing with the subject matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little too on the nose. Uh, Mike, what? Who did you play this game with? So I, I, <laughs> I played it with my partner. I mean, strangely, we were kind of going through. I think it was the pandemic, man. Honestly, I think. I put a stress on everyone's relationships because I, I think we definitely took a break in the middle when we were having like our own little conflicts. But I think that it was sort of cathartic to come back and play it together again. And we did like finish off the game and, and found ourselves in a better place as well. So maybe it had a, maybe it was like healing in some capacity. I don't know. Yeah, I saw I saw a bunch of reviewers refer to this game as like couples therapy. And I'm like, dear God, no. If this if, if you are a couple who is like on the ropes and dealing with shit, do not sit down and play this game. That will end things fast. Yeah. That is an accelerationist take. Dr. Hakeem, I need to see where he got his degree from, because I'm not <laughs> sure if that man is licensed. I want to see some credentials. This is some Trump University psychology. <laughs> uh, so which, who, which characters did you pick? Like, who were you usually playing as, Mike? Uh, I was playing as uh, the girl. What's her name? I completely forget her name. But May. 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 Yes, I was playing as May. Uh because she has glasses. I don't know. I was like, yeah, I have glasses. The two genders, she, glasses she... and not. Yeah, exactly. Glasses, not glasses. Those filthy, filthy monocles need to pick a side. Both are bust. Um, yeah, I, I played as May. And uh, yeah, I thought it was really interesting how they both got their own like unique powers depending on the, the 
round or like the chapter of the game you're in. I, I feel like I kind of believe in this, like everyone has their own gifts and they have stuff to like bring to life and bring to a relationship. And I felt like that kind of like made put that on the on the table in terms of gameplay as well and i thought that was a, a kind of a cool thing so yeah how about how about you guys which which ones did you do you play one or the other did you play did you like switch back and forth or did you ex- do you exclusively one i hadn't thought until this very moment that switching back and forth was an option like there's no <laughs> reason you couldn't but i was like no 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 I may. Yeah, I mean, once you're cast as a certain character, I mean, why deviate? So I get that. I mean, I didn't. I, I played as May the whole time. I, I could see that, though, because, like, for instance, the, the even with the first mechanic that you see of, like, lopping on the sap to things and firing matchsticks, those are, despite being shooter mechanics, different kind of mechanics. They require a different kind of aim. And I can see one player being better at it than the other and needing to swap out based on what your skill sets are. Yeah, that is what me and my sister ended up doing. Oh, really? There were moments oh. where she was like, she was like uh, i'm not really good at we started in the honey level uh i was playing um cody and she was playing may and she was like i'm having a hard time like aiming at your little uh honey globules and i was like let's just switch out then so and that was similarly it was the first first moment that that had occurred to us that, that was an option where we we're like oh yeah we can switch we don't have to adhere to the gender binary and just <laughs> play as the boy and the girl do you think that affected your experience because i know like i played may the whole way through and by the end i was very like Oh, fuck off, Cody. May for the win. Like, May, May is the one with the sense in this relationship. You know, I I kind of don't like either of them. Not that I don't like <laughs> either of them. That. I just think that they're both very messy people. And so, like, I don't know. I think playing as both allowed me to kind of maintain a healthy uh, level of distance. I also should come in here and, and, um, and note up top that I didn't finish the game. Uh, but feel free to talk about spoilers and everything. But uh, The game is so long. Completely It's, it's so long. It's so yeah. long. It's so long. I think that's one of my main critiques of the game is that it's, you know, obviously required co-op and it, like, there's long sections and like it kind of doesn't really delineate like good stopping points and my sister and I would have to be like okay I think we're getting tired now let's kind of set it down but my sister Michelle is also in grad school right now so that kind of uh has hampered our ability to uh effectively play through this game yeah if you you have a lot of time in grad school you're probably doing it wrong (laughs) (laughs) and I can't tell if it was just that the game was like literally too long or if it was that it kept setting up things that felt like endpoints and then erasing them. Yeah. It would set up this clear goal of like, get to Rose's room. And I'd be like, okay, so that's where everything comes to a head. And then, oh, no, we got to find Cutie. Okay. that So that's what we're working towards. That's when the game ends. Okay. And then the therapy sections, like it it felt like it kept moving the goalposts on me in a way that was not satisfying. No, it was, it would psych you out. Yeah. It has a ton of ideas and like, I think the good thing is, like, largely most of the ideas work and, like, uh, like most of the game is very, very fun. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's just like, oh, they threw, like, the entire kitchen sink at this game, which Absolutely. is commendable, but also kind of exhausting by the same token. I would agree as well. I, I know Matilda and I, despite, like, even though it felt like we were enjoying ourselves in the short term, every single time we would do a play session... It wasn't designed for short play sessions. It really wasn't. There aren't a lot of good Mm -hmm. outpoints, And it just starts to feel like it drags, which is weird because I look back and every time I think of the mechanics, like I was looking at a list of all of the different things of like, here are the Cody abilities, here are the May abilities. And I looked back at them all pretty fondly. I'm like, oh yeah, that was kind of fun. They had some neat puzzles with that. But as a whole, the game really did feel exhausting by the end. Yeah. For me, It does. It does drag, which is also strange because I think we could also all agree we all probably love drag. (laughs) 
yeah, it was one of those that like every play session I walked away from being like, I that overstayed its welcome. Yeah. And like it feels hard to put that on the game because I was the one who chose to keep playing. Mm-hmm. But still, it never it never let it up enough to be like, oh, okay, let's step away. That's good for tonight. And that's just like Dr. Hakeem, too. He always overstands his welcome. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that's so true. Right. And like also just oh, look, vaguely kind of racist. Now. Like, no, no, he does not. No, he does not. <laughs> I can't tell if he's actually deeply racist or if i just want him to be racist so i have a reason to cancel him <laughs> is he ra- is he racist or is he just a racial stereotype i mean i would still count that as racist but yeah, uh, yeah. like not in a way that's like super like oh my god we need to cancel it takes two in haze light but like come on guys come on so lawrence what's your position on racism <laughs> <laughs> how much time do we have <laughs> No, but like I want to get those, I was those also juicy like, I, Twitter nuggets that we can then yeah, quote later on. <laughs> Are people still using Twitter? I don't know. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, unfortunately, I am. I, I do need to get off. It's it's real bad times there. But yeah, with Doctor Hakeem, I'm like, what? What are we going for? Like, is it like Spanish? Vaguely, like I don't know. It's the same. He's Hispanic. Yeah, that's yeah. But it, it's, it's, it's the accent is, but like I guess it's like the Moors. I don't know. Like it's Hakim. Oh, yeah. Why is his name Hakim? Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> why did we go with that? It's it's weird. It's just a weird choice. Um, well, okay. So we talked about a lot of the different mechanics uh, and maybe some of them overstaying their welcome. Is there any that you look back fondly on and think like this was probably my favorite? Was it like the sap and the matches? Was it the magnets? Was it like uh, starting with you, uh, Lawrence? What did you like? Uh, I really liked the space level where one where May had the um, like gravity boots and um, Cody had the like um, shrinking and growing ability. Oh, I yeah. thought that was fun. It was fun to kind of like look at the puzzles and kind of uh, figure out what needed to be done, and then kind of go through like different obstacle courses where you had to use them in different like creative ways. You know, you would get these abilities, and like you'd think, oh, okay, I kind of have an idea of how this is going to shake out, and the game would throw fun like twists on it and make you realize, oh, I didn't realize I could use uh, the ability in this way. Um, So yeah, those were fun. Yeah, one of the things I really enjoyed about it is that it really, it seemed to actually differentiate the abilities between Cody and May, and that's something like, mm-hmm. I think the closest comparison for this game for me is Portal 2, where you have the same ability, which is creating portals, mm, yeah. but this actually gives you something different that makes you need each other. Uh, Matilda, did you have a favorite mechanic? I don't know if it's my favorite mechanic. My my go-to answer would be the magnets. But every time I tried to think about like what mechanic I liked, it got too enmeshed with the environments for me to really be like, did I, mm, did I like fair. the magnets or did I like ice skating with a bunch of adorable penguins? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> when, I, when I think back on the game, I think about like the blanket fort or the space level or the the ice town. I, I think less about the actual mechanics with the exception, I think, of the the area with the squirrels. There I actually think about setting things on fire. <laughs> why were there squirrels? The squirrels? Why, why, why not? Was... The militant squirrels were so campy and I so fun. I loved them. <laughs> I, the squirrels are probably my favorite bit of the whole game, honestly. I ask why completely complimentary. I love them. But who pitched <laughs> that and who said yes? They deserve medals. I'm, this game really has so much imagination in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, And I think that's... I th- we came in hot with all the complaints, like, ah, it's too long. But I think that one of the high points is all the creativity that went into it. And I think that that, if it comes to me, like, recommending it to other people, I think that that's maybe one of the selling points I use. kind of like, hey, like, 
it, it it's a really cool exploration of like relationships it has great mechanics it has like a lot of imagination and like maybe a little too much heart yeah <laughs> <laughs> a little too much do you think of it as like saccharine and like, cheesy or the, the girl like the daughter what, what's the daughter's name I, rose I rose like i don't um, well i was not like invested in her as a character <laughs> and I, I i like kids but i don't know she just didn't see that seem like... child was demonic. Yeah, she was like really kind of too. She felt like too, very two dimensional to me. Like it was Dead like behind the eyes, adult doing a kid voice, creepiest child I've seen in video games lately. <laughs> I mean, not to like shit on this voice actor, but but like I don't know. It was I, I didn't really. It wasn't there. I feel like they could have just actually had like a child voice actor. But then also, I think that maybe the hours for recording video game dialogue is like really long. And I know there's like rules for kids to work on set and stuff so i don't know well for me i, I think honestly the animation is a very big part of it because i think mm-hmm. what they they made a smart decision in that they focused a lot of their time and design energy on the shrunken down version of the world of of may and cody being dolls of the whimsy of it all and showing something mm-hmm. that then has to look realistic like the adult human and child human faces of rose may and cody I, it really felt lacking in every scene, which is a shame because that's where you're getting a lot of the emotional nuance and dialogue and like where you kind of need that to sell it. But I also understand from a budgetary standpoint, like why you're going to put your effort in that area because that's where the majority of the game is. Like I, it's, it's a tough call, but I, I think it ends up hurting the game in the long run. And I think they got so close. There was a couple shots where they were shooting her from behind or like cropping her out a bit and like, those few moments I was more engaged with her because I wasn't seeing the face. Mm-hmm. The body animations were still pretty strong. The costuming gave you a sense of the character. I wish they had been smarter about how they used her mm. and hadn't expected her face to look realistic and worked around it rather than against it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Lawrence, how do you feel about children? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I ask myself that a lot these days. Do I, do I ever want one? IDK. The real answer is anytime I'm around a kid, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I, I know I should just talk to you like a normal person, but I feel like I'm like, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do around you, kiddo. <laughs> um, I was gonna just say, I, I think generally, it's funny how video games just haven't gotten faces <laughs> quite right yet. Like, uh, Uncanny I'm, Valley. I'm, yeah, like I've been playing a lot of uh, the new Star Wars game and I'm like, man, this is so great, but none of these people look like people. <laughs> Doesn't stop me from wanting to fuck Cal Kestis, though. Yeah, that's the thing. Oh right? my God, he looks uncanny. Cal Kestis. And then I think the, the voice actor who plays him, also, he look, looks like the character, doesn't he? Like, I think I saw an ad with him and um, Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, like that, he's in Shameless and some other stuff. Like he's a established actor. Sh- is like the TV show Shameless. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I hear that's really good. I have a lot of people who love that that show. So Mike, you also mentioned like you would recommend this to people with certain caveats. Um, like I I feel like I feel the same way because I also would recommend this. I think the gameplay is a lot of fun. I think it's a really great experience. But I also would be putting caveats on it, and that for me is the story. I do feel like the story, not just because the animation is really lacking, and that kind of gets down to the next point that I want to bring up: is are the straights okay? No, because like. Are- are the straights okay? Well, no. Absolutely not. Never. Not once. <laughs> I, I just feel like this game's depiction of marriage and relationship dynamics is just really odd and hollow, and I don't love it. Like, there doesn't seem to actually be a problem between them. My favorite quote 
was that this feels like a child writing a parent's divorce. Yeah. Like the, the idea that divorces happen because you can't spend enough time with each other and real life gets in the way and not you're trying to coexist with another human person with wants and needs of their own. Which is interesting. I wonder how much of it is intentional because these dolls were like created by Rose, right? Mm-hmm. Or like, or she's the one that like accidentally like curses them and traps them in, yeah, into this body. So I wonder if it's supposed to like intentionally be a little childlike, but at the same time, no, because we spend so much time with the two adult characters that you would expect them to kind of just be more emotionally intelligent or like, communicative because i agree like so much of this game's depiction of like their struggle is like oh we're married but but we don't really like each other you always forget to do the laundry and forget to fix the vacuum cleaner uh and you're so bad and you're so dumb but uh oh we realize that we both really care about our daughter and we should love her more uh it it feels very i don't know like um like you said two-dimensional it is the like core fantasy of every child of divorce that like they that things will be okay and your parents will get back together after a magical journey where they rediscover their shared affection for one another which i I don't know if you guys have ever been to couples counseling it doesn't always i mean they can go well but they can also go like way far south so um yeah but that is to say lawrence i think you're onto something in that this is sort of a story that is supposed to maybe be seen through her eyes like seen through a child's yeah, eyes like child like lens like she is the the like implicit narrator of her own like whim like whimsical kind of like fantasy right mm-hmm. but the fact that she didn't know that it was going on for most of the story really broke that for me of like if, if she was mm. more involved in the story i think that might sell but it's really just like anytime there is a break in the action and like a level is complete we just check in with rose see how she's doing and then bounce back we never really feel her presence other than that. Well, I would actually go one further than that. I would say that the scenes with Rose are often her talking to her dead spaced out parents. <sighs> so for me, that kind of also shatters any illusion of like, oh, this is Rose telling the story because she's talking to a zombie, essentially. Yeah, and her point of view through the story was that she did this. Her her understanding of what was going on was that this is her fault. And we don't really see that reflected in their dialogue. Yeah. Okay, hot take. What if her parents being spaced out is actually this like allegory for like drug addiction and her parents are actually like on opioids. <laughs> the Rugrats were dead the whole time. Yeah, it's like some sort <laughs> that of dark. so much about this game, honestly. <laughs> they, were just, they were just yeah, really, really high the, the whole time. The squirrels, the wasp queen, they were the suited. whole shebang. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was kind of getting that vibe too when she like had the scenes with her zonked out parents. I was like, oh, it really is kind of giving like you know, neglect, like, you know, uh, alcoholic or, or drug abusive parents who are like, are, like literally aren't like yeah. seeing their kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a very intense. They're not, they're not, they're not just not present. They're just not conscious. And yeah. then the, this, she makes up this like fantasy world where actually they're not like high or wasted. They're just shrunken down and they're going through a bunch of fun platforming levels together and solving problems together. Oh man. <laughs> and so, and then she gets the cliched moment of like, I'm gonna fill this like stick and and bundle and hit the road because oh it's my fault that my parents are are getting divorced or whatever. Hate it so much. The story is meh, but I think it, where it succeeds, I guess, is kind of um, I guess ludo narratively, not to throw around. No, no, we do that. that we do that. that video oh game yeah. No, what is that? that <laughs> Every time we say like, ludo narratively you know, on this podcast, we get five bucks. So keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a sponsorship sponsorship deal. Yeah, yeah exactly. Gotta, 
you know, this game is about, like, problem-solving and communicating and working through things, and, like, Cody and May spend a majority of the time, you know, figuring out how they can use their individual strains to, like, accomplish a task together. And I think that, like, that story idea is where it works, of, like, oh, we have different strains, we have different approaches to things, how do we work towards a common goal? Which you and your sister found as you're, like, swapping off, right? You're like, well, you can probably do this <laughs> exactly. part of the game well, better. And, and I don't want the strength anymore, so... <laughs> <laughs> So you fly the plane away from these squirrels. It's almost worked like that for me. And like from the start, I was really into it. But then the fact that their relationship got better without really doing anything. Too much work. Yeah. Like uh-huh. it, it just sucked for most of the game. And then in the final few levels, they started to get friendlier with no real cause. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It just sort of felt like, okay, it's time for them to make up and resolve now. Yeah. And, like, it didn't even really feel to me like they had really patched things up by the end. I very much got a vibe of, like, well, we should stay together for Rose. Mm -hmm. Like, that's very much what I got. And that's, like, not a good message. That's not a good note to leave on. Yeah. Am I the only one who felt that? Like, Oh, no, I felt that huge. And it's it's funny because you spend so much of the game kind of knowing that you're going to get to that point. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think is another reason it felt sort of drawn out that it's like, okay, yeah, I mean, this is expected, but like, okay, I guess we're, yeah, I guess that's fine. That's the end now. I think what didn't work for me especially was this idea of they have to reconnect with their passions because they introduced this at the end of the game, not having really dropped stuff about it before. Like I had, I had no idea May was a singer until the level where she decides we need to get her passion back. So it felt like the therapy was trying to reconnect them with who they were before the relationship and before Rose rather than who they are in the present moment and like yeah. how they can move forward as the people they are today. Exactly. Like it felt like they were trying to yeah. like, like the message I got was, wow, you were so happy before all of this. <laughs> but yep. doesn't that happen in relationships? Like, I feel like life gets in the way. Like it, re- like it actually really does. And, and sometimes in the day to day, like you do lose sight of the things that like, fill your bucket so to speak you know the things that like make you feel like like yourself and that make you you know it it staves off the resentment and contempt that can happen in the course of just like the friction of of like everyday kind of bullshit that you go through and so that that to me like actually was like really relatable i think it may have been like a little awkward and clunky the way they kind of got to that that idea but um, I definitely, I like, I sympathize with that a hundred percent, especially after going through like a whole pan, should I just like not say pandemic? I feel like it's like triggering for people. No, but- you also get $5 every time you say that word too. <laughs> yeah. We, we passed the point of being able to say like panorama or Penny DeVito. It's, it's too late for the cutesy. We're, we're, we're raw dogging it with pandemic. Okay. Raw dogging oh, it with okay. pandemic. Uh, yeah. So I just feel like that, that sort of did like speak to the reality of it, but but again, I think there's like, it's like different. I think the art is subjective. And so, yeah, I think that all, all points are valid. One of the things that I would love to talk about, since we are a queer podcast, and this is talking about some very heteronormative ideas, uh, do y'all feel comfortable discussing the ideas of like marriage and monogamy? Like, are, are you like, uh, starting with uh, Lawrence, our guest, do you feel comfortable yes. talking about this? Oh, I'm so down. Yeah. So like, uh, seeing this, like, do you have opinions as a queer person looking at a heteronormative relationship like this like do you feel 
Like, th- this is a thing you're worried about being repeated in your relationships, or how, wh- just what do you feel about it? Well, yes and no. Not necessarily, because I don't expect to have progeny anytime soon. <laughs> um, and so, like, I, you know, that is a level of privilege that I'm operating from of, like, oh, I don't have to consider a tiny human's, like, um, development. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, looking at Cody and May and the problems they're going through, it really just strikes me of, like, how much communication is a barrier to them and how much I think that is a strength for a lot of queer people. Uh, yeah. You know, me and my partner are, are not monogamous. And I think the reason that that works for us is just because we um, are so good at communicating with each other and trusting and just like checking in constantly with each other. And it seems like this is a relationship. Cody and Maze is one that has just like uh, withered away because they no longer are, are communicating with each other. Uh um, yeah. They're pretty terrible parents. Like, it, it's pretty clearly established. Like, they committing regicide for no reason other than to make your daughter cry because you think apparently tears might be related to the spell. What I kept coming back against was like, do y'all really want to be here? Yeah. Or do you think this is what you have to do? Do you think you have to stay together for the kid mm. because the kid needs two parents? Every time I hear people talk like that of staying together for the kids, it's not necessarily fair, but I get my back up because I'm like, when I hear the kid needs two loving parents, I hear the kid needs a loving mom and dad. Mm-hmm. The, this kid needs a nuclear family. Yeah, yeah. very much that. If you think that it is not a fair jump to the kids of gay couples are missing out on something. Yeah. It's never explicit, but like, why are you so hell bent on having these two parents be the only people raising their daughter away from everyone else uh, and having to be in a loving relationship. It, it feels like you haven't thought about the reasons why you're doing any of this. They also like live, where the hell do they live? Like <laughs> in the middle of this like idyllic meadow forest. But fuck um, nowhere. But like, you know, the, the it makes me think of, or what you just said, Matilda, makes me think of, you know, the, the saying, it takes a village. And mm-hmm. like, it shouldn't just be two people raising a child. And I think that like um, a lot of cultures understand this and need, like it seems like Rose doesn't have a lot of other family members. I mean, you know, we only see this one fateful Saturday in this game, but like, it, it seems like they're pretty much on their lonesome. And I think, you know, obviously as queer people, we have this idea of chosen family and we build our support networks and build our nets of people who we trust to, uh, take care of the people that we care about uh and it seems like that is not at all represented in this game in in Mm -hmm. it's only these two who have to make things work for their child it's very um yeah well and another thing that matilda had brought up is sort of talking about expectations not just of having the nuclear family but also just even as queer people trying to attain that like uh i Mm -hmm. have recently gotten into polyamorous uh relationship now and I was debating as to whether I wanted to tell my parents about it because my boyfriend already has a husband. uh, And I'm like, do I want to tell my parents about this? Because we're not going to get married. We're not going to move in together unless something horrible happens to their relationship. And even then, I don't know if I'd want to. I don't know. Now, thankfully, I did talk to them. And actually, it went over super well because my parents are lovely. But I'm very privileged. I was going to say, I hope they don't just like listen to this episode. (laughs) No, no, I've already spoken with them. Um, (laughs) This is how the news drops. (laughs) But I'm very privileged to have that, you know, that kind of support from family and not everyone has that especially in the queer community so mm-hmm. i it comes back to the 
again of like, yeah, are, are you having a kid because you feel like you're expected to? Because none of you really actually seem mm. that interested in Rose's life. Like, what Rose's wants and needs are don't really come up much in the game. And I get the sense, too, that like a bunch of this was capitalist stuff of like, you're working too much. Well, I have to work to support us. All fair, all true. Everyone's struggling with that. But like... Did the idea of a daycare never come into play? Those exist. <laughs> or a nanny like, or a whatever. Like, if you if you don't have family to leave the kid with, there there are other options. It feels like you're being very like, this kid has to be ours. We're trying to like make her a reflection of us. We're we should be the ones caring for her. Of like, that's going pretty shit, babes. Maybe you shouldn't. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Mike, do you have any more thoughts on the queerness of the heteronormativity in this game? Or I mean, I don't, but maybe Dr. Hakeem does. Oh, God, he's oh, And unfortunately, wow. that's all the time we have for today. <laughs> uh, actually, there is one more thing I want to talk about before we jump over to our Whatcha Playin'. Um, we're introducing a new segment to the show called Armchair Game Dev. Uh, do we have, like, a jingle for that? Uh, sure. What does an armchair sound like? <laughs> Uh, armchair. Da, da, he probably sounds a lot da, like Dr. Hakeem. If I have I'm, to hear I'm that voice every it. episode, I am canceling the podcast. <laughs> Cancelled ourselves, and we're not even finished our first episode back. <laughs> we had a good run. <laughs> In armchair game dev, we are going to talk about knowing full well that we are not experienced game devs, but from what little knowledge we have as critics, uh, what would we change? What if we were given creative control? What choices would we make that are different from what we got? the final product uh lawrence let's start with you yeah well i have one big gripe uh which was initially i was planning to play this game uh with uh eric solis my co-host of gay for play yes but he was playing on xbox series s and i was playing here on my pc mm. and guess what this game doesn't have crossplay. Crossplay. it doesn't crossplay. have crossplay no for a game so dedicated to like we want you to play together we will like give the other person access to the game if one person buys it it's so weird that it doesn't have crossplay exactly oh, it wow. was bizarre and we literally like tried multiple times like are you sure are you sure there's no crossplay in this game because it seems like this would be the one yeah um but yeah so that was my biggest if if i was a game dev i would be like let's let's patch that in yeah they must have just been really worried about <laughs> the competitive advantage of pc players for when the it takes two esport comes out <laughs> yeah, right. so i have a pitch i want an antagonist Mm. Dr. Hakeem. Immediately, that's what I go to. That, like, these bitches need to kill Dr. Hakeem at some point. <laughs> uh, or, like, actively work against him. But, like, the bickering got so tiring so fast. Yeah. And I think one of the main issues is that they created these gorgeous worlds with so many little trinkets to play with. And so many little uh, details to take advantage of. But each one has bickering dialogue associated with it. And I got burnt out so fast on their bickering well how do you think rose feels <laughs> i don't think she does feel i'm not convinced she has <laughs> did you see that face it didn't move that's like post plastic surgery share nothing going on um so either dr hakeem or one of the writers i read made an offhand joke about the game being more interesting if rose knew what she was doing was not accidentally cursing them, but was on purpose Yeah, uh, cursing them. I think that'd be more realistic, too, because, like, kids kind of suck, so yeah. I feel like that's... <laughs> and it makes her a more interesting character than just, mm, 
mommy and dad, you're sad. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, 100%. And it, like so much of their approach to solving the problem was we need to make Rose cry. We need to ruin Rose's life. We need to break her toys. So it would make all of that make more sense. Yeah. <laughs> but like giving them something else to fight against rather than each other. Mm-hmm. I think gives an easier in for them fixing their relationship, them getting closer together uh, rather than just like they've bickered themselves out and are finally willing to admit that the other one doesn't suck balls all the time. (laughs) What about you, Mike? What changes would you make? Well, Travis, you know, really grinds my gears. (laughs) I'll tell you what. What really grinds my gears is the length of this game, which I mentioned. It's very long. I just feel like, uh, you know, if it was like a bit shorter, that'd be... uh, That'd be great. I feel like that's uh, that's what really grinds my gears about this game. How about you? How about you, Travis? How, what really grinds your gears? <laughs> I, I, as much as I know, Lauren said that, that this has ludonarrative narrative harmony. I don't really feel like it does because they bicker so much and they complement each other so little. I find until so close towards the end, I wish that they worked together a little bit more narratively mm-hmm. and needed each other a little bit more because I, I don't really feel like there's a lot of harmony personally and. I feel like that actually could be achieved well by having a common goal of either taking out Dr. Hakeem or, uh, you know, punishing their daughter Rose for what she's done. You know, th- something like that. Like, I feel like those were good answers to what I was looking for. So I'm really glad Matilda brought those up. Um, so what I'm hearing is that you is that you hate straight people. Yes, that's well, that, I mean, that if you could just get them out of the game, that would make this just a better game. Just, that's just a default. Just gone, just out of there. Yep. And then it'll be te- it'll be better. And then and then the title and then also to Lawrence's point, there should be uh, more than two people living in a meadow raising a daughter poorly that part there should be a lot of people involved a polyamorous love quadriangle and they'll get the new title for the game will be it takes more or it takes many i don't know let's we'll let's put a pin in it we'll that. it takes a village it takes, it a, takes village. a village there we go perfect yeah a much more relatable and after that cross play still will not be enabled <laughs> five player couch co-op let's go i, I think a a minor thing again going to the point of these being very long levels is just maybe a little progress bar or like um, some sort of flagging to be like, oh, we're almost there and actually almost be there and not be like, we can see the window from Rose's room. It's still going to take us another three hours to, to get through this tree to get there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Jeez, right. Mm-hmm. Every time. Yeah. So yeah, I just say like more, uh, more flagging for the players to let them know what kind of progress they're making would be kind of helpful, especially uh, in a game that requires you to, um, link up schedules with another person and uh, both spend your free time on on this yeah. thing i think yeah especially it, when like, your sister's going through grad school and she's got other things to do yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> trying to become a teacher for real kids and not this um <laughs> this fucked up little doll although once she is a teacher then she, then she can teach maybe you and i both how to how to talk to children because i feel like that's also yeah that'd be that, a great strength to learn yeah, totally. <laughs> I, i'm just glad my my niece she's an adult now so we can we can drink together and so that makes it a lot easier but <laughs> see i just play video games with my niece and nephew like they are so wonderful we play i don't know if you guys know good job oh yeah it's a, it's a couch co-op game actually where you are trying to solve environmental puzzles of around an office like and you are trying to set up the wi-fi or set up the projector or that kind of thing but it's got a physics engine that causes you to break everything you touch it is really adorable (laughs) playing this game with a six-year-old and seeing what he understands about office culture and what he doesn't (laughs) because he will walk around and just be like take this down to accounting for me and hand something off and it's really cute but at the same time he thinks all of the mugs that people are holding are filled with cocoa 
He doesn't think that they're filled with coffee. <laughs> what else do you put in mugs? Or coffee and booze. I don't know. Yeah, and I also think that's that's great training for him for just, you know, joining capitalism, too. So, <laughs> oh, like, for you sure. know, kudos all around. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we are running out of time, which means we do have to go to our final segment, which is always, hey, Matilda, what you playing? I'm not going to steal yours because I, I know how much you want to talk about it. So I'll say I've been playing uh, Outer Wilds Echoes of the Eye. <gasps> Ooh. Played Outer Wilds years ago. And when I heard the DLC was coming out, someone warned me that it was scary. And I was like, nope, 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 absolutely not. No, no, thank you. Absolutely not. I am chicken shit. This is not going to happen. And I am now white knuckling my way through it because I knew it was going to be worth it. Spoiler alert, it absolutely is worth it. But it, it was designed for you to walk around and look at things. And every time I take a step, I'm like, <laughs> did they hear me? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not I am not built for horror games. Uh, so it's still fun, but I I need a big strong protector if I'm gonna make it through this. this DLC. <laughs> well, don't you worry, Matilda. Next time you're playing that game, you just give me a call. I'll come right over and try not to hide behind the couch myself. <laughs> as long as it's not Doctor Hakeem, sure. <laughs> why not? Why everyone hates Doctor Hakeem? I don't know. I, I know. I know. Why. <laughs> Do you not know why, uh, Lawrence? What you playing? Yeah, uh, I, I mentioned Jedi Fallen, or not Jedi Fallen Order, the, the sequel, Jedi Survivor. I've been playing that a lot, but I, I wanted to talk about... Oh, that's right, about, it's out. I um, oh, it's so yeah, good. It, it's, it's so good. Oh, it's yes. So good. Wait, Travis, is that what you're going to talk about? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, in that case, I will talk about my other game then, because I've been... So I'm, I'm in crisis mode, juggling two games that I really want to play more of before this coming Friday when Zelda takes over my life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I've been playing a ton of Octopath Traveler 2, which Ooh. I'm really, really loving. So much more than I expected. I played a bit of the first game, and this has kind of been a very universal experience for the game of people being like, the first one was good, had some good ideas, very pretty art, uh, but everything just feels a lot more polished in Octopath Traveler 2. And I'm certainly finding that to be true. Um, it's just a great classic RPG that feels modern and feels great. Combat is just so, so, so fun. And uh, the music is incredible. Uh, the design of the world is so great. Uh, in this game, they add like a day-night cycle where you can like do different things with your... Um, uh, your party has these different like path actions. So, like during the day, like one character can like... Uh, recruit NPCs to like join your party and at nighttime they would have like a different ability that lets them like um, steal items from someone and so it's really fun to just go around the world and kind of just like collect everything and play through it's just checking off all those good brain chemicals in my brain Love that. it's just a super fun RPG it's giving you all the dopamine yeah nice. do you need to have played the first one to get the second one not at all not at all I think there might be some like lore stuff that like they're tying into the two but uh, no they're it's a completely independent story. Um, eight completely independent stories, even, because it is about, like, eight different characters whose stories don't really cross over until, like, endgame, endgame stuff, which I haven't gotten to yet. Oh, um, I get it, because, like, it's an octopus, so it has yeah, eight the legs yeah. of an octopus. There's, like, rare monsters in the world called, like, octopuffs, who are these, like, cute little octopus guys that you have to hunt, <gasps> which is very fun. Oh, that's yeah. cute. I love that's a cute, cute monster. Oh, that's that's awesome. I, I definitely need to check it out. I am so excited because I know everyone loved Octopath Traveler, the first one, and I, I've heard the same thing of, like, oh, yeah, jump in on the second one. It's totally worth it, so... Very excited for that. Yeah, there's a demo available on like most platforms that lets ooh, you like um, 
pick a starting character and play through their like first chapter. Um, I've been telling everyone I recommend because one thing about the game is there's eight different characters, but like the starting character that you pick, you're stuck with until you like complete their story, and oh. that's at like level like forty five for whatever. So I recommend you pick either the hunter, uh, that's who I started as my starting character. Uh, the merchant or the um, swordsman guy, because those three characters are very like versatile, and I think like would fit well into like any team that you build. So. Very cool. But you said there's eight characters. Yeah, there's eight characters in total. That's, I get it. It's like the same amount of legs. Oh my god! On an yeah, octopus, like octopus. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> oh my god, Mike, what you playing? What am I playing? Well, you know, Travis, when we first started this show back in twenty. 20- <laughs> back then 2020 it was 2020 was it actually yeah Yeah. it was 2020 because we were yeah beginning okay cool but when we first started this show in 2020 the uh, the first episode we did do you remember what it was it was overwatch it was overwatch that's right and so i think it's fairly appropriate coming into this season brand new season i'm playing to no one's shock and surprise overwatch 2 how are you finding Uh, it i I really enjoy it actually i but you know what here's the thing i I've been referred to as a Blizzard fanboy by my friends, which is not true because I don't actually like all Blizzard games, but I do really enjoy Overwatch because first-person shooters are kind of like my favorite genre for a very long time, and it's very like cartoony. It's really fun. I think the, the transition from one to two was so awkward and bad, but also because Blizzard was having like a bunch yeah. of legal troubles and the fact that they dropped the ball on PVE and like, I don't know, it was it was not a graceful move. Did PVE ever happen? No, so it didn't. And oh. and they're just like, they're just like- It's still allegedly coming. Sometime in 2023. It's like, what does that mean? Like that is speaking of, like that is such a, t- anyways, it's fine. But the game itself is quite fun. I play with a group of people that I, I I hang out with like almost daily now, and I've you know I've made a lot of good friends, and the, I think the culture is pretty good, at least on the on the console end. Um, so yeah, Overwatch Two. That's what I'm. That's my uh, what you what you plan, and uh, and I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Maybe I should be. I don't know. Uh, uh, real quick, shouts out to uh, the new character they dropped in Overwatch 2. The bisexual? Life Weaver? Life Weaver, who is canonically pansexual, I think, and like oh. flirts flirts with damn near every hero in the, yes. in the spawn room. So not only like as a character, but like mechanically he's great. And then also as like just a, a, a his dialogue with all the characters. And I think he's like, he's Thai, right? Like he's like Polynesian. Something. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he, excellent. Absolutely. Thank you. For yeah, he's and great. most importantly, hot. And he's yeah, a hot. Very. And yeah. hot. And and also he came he, with the with this like chapter in the the story or that they're adding. He like brought alongside him a bunch of like weird opera skins like Ooh. i don't know like is that related or something it's I, like cool. i am such a hope for overwatch lore i love that world yeah i i want to see it more fleshed out than just the background of this game totally yeah. i actually got to play uh Cr- critical bard um omega jones uh they're the like the person who does the jingles for critical role and stuff like that they actually also ran a overwatch one shot that i participated in that was so much fun i got to play moira uh such a fun character to play uh as like a D one shot that sounds so uh, dope. that would be fun yeah. They went all out for it. The makeup, the accent, the whole shebang. Yeah, that was fun. I, I had a lot of fun One with hand it. gives, the other takes away. <laughs> That's a voice line. I don't know. I'll shut up now. Travis, what you playing? Uh, I am playing Jedi Survivor. I have been playing it with my boyfriend. We, yeah, you are. And I wish I... <laughs> we're going to need to spend a lot more time together because this game is so much bigger than I thought it was going to be. It's I know, huge. Lawrence, you had said something similar. Uh, it's it's so huge, right? 
there's so much to explore, which is great, and I love it, but it's a little overwhelming at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, good problem to have. Yeah, yeah no, when it's I, huge, sometimes it is overwhelming. Oh my god, Mike. Well, th- yeah, th- all you have to do is just relax. I'm talking deep. about the game. <laughs> Let's get your mind out of the game. I blame Dr. Hakeem. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when it's big, it can sometimes be overwhelming. Oh my god. Hot, hot, hot. Lawrence, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's all of us. <laughs> And that's all the time we have for today. We're not going to talk about BD1. We're not going to talk about the Voglings. Well, no. I, 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 yeah, we can. I just feel like we're running over time. Um, we'll have to find a way to make it gay so we can do an episode on it. Well, we are actually going to be doing an episode on Jedi Fallen Order coming up very soon. <gasps> but oh. that'll have to wait for another day. Uh, Matilda, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Anytime. Thanks for having me. And Lawrence, I'm so sorry. We didn't even at the top of the show ask you about your podcast because I'm bad at this. <laughs> so we'll probably move this up to no, the front. No, we can keep it here for, for uh, true fans who've listened or whatever you want to do. <laughs> I'm not, not going to tell you to run your what show. what the heck is Gay for Play? Gay for Play, we are a um, podcast, get this, about uh, queerness in gaming. And uh, we talk about all things queer in video games, pop culture, and beyond. Uh, we release episodes every whenever. Y'all know the vibe. Yeah. Um, There's an audience for a queer video gaming podcast. I didn't know queers. Yeah. Can you believe it? (laughs) Shocking. (laughs) Who knew, right? When I found out that there was another gay video game podcast, I kind of went into crisis mode a little bit because, (laughs) uh, well, you know, it it, it says more about me than it says about y'all because it very much was me coming from my theater background of like, I see another gay person. I'm like, oh, they're competition. But then I realized that y'all were um, so nice and so, so cool and so great. So I'm happy to collab here. Yeah, we're kindred spirits. We're neighbors. And if you ever need a cup of sugar, you can always ask us. Yeah, I'll I'll cross the border and (laughs) head your guys' way. (laughs) Folks, if you have not listened to the Gay for Play podcast, please go do so. If you like our show, you are going to like theirs even more. You just, uh, you guys kill it every single time. You also have a much more topical format that I'm kind of jealous of that I I wish we could do a little bit more with uh, the way we've structured our show. It it doesn't really work out all the time. But I, I love what you guys do and I listen for every episode. Please, please, everyone, go check them out oh shucks thank you so much um to if you want to hear more about um star wars jedi we just did an episode about um star wars in general but we talked about the two games and also star wars andor which is so fucking good and everyone needs oh, to go watch so it good. so yeah. good really good uh okay well thank you everyone so much uh, thank you matilda thank you thank you lawrence thank you thank you this was a blast and Mike, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Yeah, don't forget about me. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Hakeem. If only I could. <laughs> this has been Rainbow Road. <laughs>